0: Disney's 2016 blockbuster film Zootopia tells the story of a world where predators and prey coexist in a peaceful society. But, when a few predators mysteriously go missing within the city limits, it is up to Judy Hopps, Spunky Rabbit who becomes the first rabbit police officer, and her unlikely partner Nick Wilde, a predatory red fox and small-time con artist, to crack the criminal case. Yet, when you look beyond the stunning colorful visuals and adorably expressive anthropomorphic animal characters, you find a social critique on the prejudice and racism of contemporary American society. A Catholic in America can relate to Zootopia, since the barriers and echo chambers found all over our culture today makes living and preaching the gospel increasingly difficult. Today, we dive into the universe of the predators and prey in Zootopia. This is Truly Universal.
1: Welcome back to Truly Universal, the podcast where we discuss all things Catholic in another universe. My voice doesn't go as deep as Ian's, but um, today we have a pretty fun cast. We have core team members, we have myself hosting, we have Ian, we have Matt, and then we have our fact checker, not Matt, in the background, you won't hear his voice. We also have a returning guest. Uh, if you remember Cam from Animal Crossing and Disney Princesses, she's here with us today again because she was a poli-sci major into politics and had an emphasis in minority groups in under underrepresented groups. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's a word. <laughs> um, and then we have a new guest that you have not heard from before, but we're really jazzed about. Ian and I work with him.
2: Um, we have Kyle here. So, Kyle, if you want to introduce yourself really quick. Yeah, uh, my name's Kyle. Uh, I work with Ian and Meg. I was a student at USF. Um, I got my degree in um, critical diversity studies with a focus in African American history. Um, I'm also a STEM minor, so shout out to all my STEM people. Um, and then I also got my master's in uh, teaching. Um, yeah, just uh, happy to be here. and um, can't wait to talk about all the fun facts in Zootopia.
1: Thanks, Kyle, and thanks for being here. Thanks so much. Uh, so we're just going to start off right off the bat. If you were an animal in Zootopia, which one would you be? I'll give you a second to think about that. We can start with Kyle, since you're you're new here.
2: Um, man. I either I either have to go with the the polar bears that are like the the gangsters for the what, what is that, whatever that little rodent thing is. <laughs> I definitely he's have a to mouse. A mouse? yeah. The a mouse. is it a mouse? <laughs>
1: yeah, it looks like
2: I don't know what it is, but definitely a polar bear or a, a rhino, the, one of the rhinos from Zootopia.
1: Wait, Mr. Big is an Arctic shrew? Oh, that makes sense because he's with polar uh, bears oh my god dang okay that, that I was three years old when
3: <laughs> i just thought he was just a random mouse he's actually related hey. to polar bears
1: wow now i feel really <laughs> insensitive to
3: <laughs> shout outs to zootopia's uh, art team getting all the as many facts correct about animals as they could
2: i'm i'm glad you said something because this whole time i thought it was a little rat that just happened to live in the snow
1: <laughs> it made no sense i was like why does it have polar bear Henchman. Hey, we have cross-species friendships, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that we you know it's an arctic shrew, that makes sense. M- mice can't survive in the snow. <laughs> Anyways, don't, don't anyone else? Don't doubt so mice. <laughs> so how about Ian?
0: I, uh, anything from the bear family. Uh, a panda would be useful. Um, uh, no, you know what? Let's leave, I leave grizzly. It's just, you know... I, I, they've always bears have always been my uh, spirit kind of animal. So uh, go bears, let's go University of California Berkeley. Um, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, so I'd be a bear. Only time you
2: see a grizzly bear though is when they're at the like mystic spa thing. That's
0: true. That's true. But yeah, yeah. Thanks
1: for that. Let's see, Cam.
4: Um, I would totally choose a panda bear because you know they're all cute and cuddly. But then I don't know what type of job I would have. But my job would definitely be, like, eating all day, and I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's definitely a, a, a pattern here. Everyone's going for bears. Matt? Who's going to break it?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to break it. Uh, hmm, what did I say <laughs> last course, time? Of course, classic. <laughs> uh, on, on Animal Crossing, I guess I said that I would want to be a pig, but I don't – well, okay, there were pigs in Zootopia, but I think I'm going to change it up in this one. I think that I would want to be an otter. But not necessarily like uh, Mr. Otterton, uh, like. But I would be like an otter because, like, I think otters are like super adorable. Just like what we described on like the Good Place episode, like otters holding hands. Like, come on, what is more wholesome than that? But other than that, uh, otters love the water and love water, so recurring theme.
1: Love it! Thanks for breaking the cycle. Uh, I was thinking of my bear version that I'd want of my answer, just so like. Could- be in line with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, it, if I had to choose a bear, it would probably be a red panda. I don't know if that, is that considered a bear or a fox? Um, but I originally said platypus because I was a big fan of, of the platypus back in the day. Uh, and I just like the idea of an animal that you don't really understand. They're poisonous.
4: Sorry. I <laughs>
1: yeah, they, have that, the they have that claw and, like, the back foot that that's poisonous and you (laughs) know honestly i think i have one of those too
2: (laughs) i was today years old when i found that out
1: it ruined my day (laughs) we're just learning so much about animals on this episode and we're only like 10 minutes in um a red panda is a red bear cat
2: i think they just have one name for an animal they have like 10 different names
0: it's like with the avatar, like the... You sound
1: like those those people, those closed-minded people who are just like, why can't you just speak English?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that went from zero to like a hundred real quick.
1: People have different names. Just
0: like this movie. Oh, man. Okay, okay, alright. See, right. we should have
4: just taken a field trip to the zoo.
1: <laughs> While well, we did it. We Okay, if you want to see us go to a zoo together, an ethically run zoo, if there is one. Um,
0: uh, Ian will
2: teach you all the Latin names <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Ian will read
3: These all are, the uh, Latin names
0: this is a soldier boy soldier boy tell him.
3: <laughs> I can vouch that Cam knows a lot of fun <laughs> facts about <laughs> animals
4: I know so many random fun facts about animals
1: I went to the zoo a Today lot today's the day Cam <laughs> bring them out alright so we will go on to one of my favorite segments to do on podcasts which is the would you rather so now we're all amped up on animal facts we're ready to talk about Zootopia and we're gonna dive in and be like what are these would you rathers what would we do if we were in the world of Zootopia so number one would you rather grow up in the country like hops did and then move to Zootopia wide-eyed bushy-tailed full of dreams or? grow up in zootopia already living being born into this progressive zoo utopia for animal utopia
3: uh i feel like like i'm very accustomed to like like i grew up in the suburbs and then kind of like ended up like going to school and working in like a big city but i feel like for me like the closest thing to do would be to grow up in the countryside not even necessarily because i've think the suburbs are super like the countryside, but like I guess it's because like my parents uh being uh immigrants like they came from like country kind of like agriculture, and then I feel like that sort of upbringing is like something I sort of relate to through them, and it's something I feel like I would like to experience because I feel like it's a different to come to be born into this into the city and just kind of like but like being someone who goes into it is like a very different experience so. I feel like that's something I identify with more.
0: I would kind of mirror it from uh, like for, in my life. I I was born in Oakland, lived there for a little bit, and then I moved to Vallejo, which is um, more suburby at that point. Um, I mean, Vallejo is a city, but we lived in the suburb. And then um, whenever I go back to Oakland, though, I feel a strong uh, this, this sense of like a connection there, even though I don't really remember too much about being there. So I think I would like to be born in Zootopia, kind of could just mirror that, you know. Born used to Zootopia, go live in the country, and then when I come back, I just have that song playing in my head, like uh, Zootopia, um, Concrete Jungle, Where Dreams, or wait a minute, that's not, I'm confused, okay, sorry. <laughs> is, that, is that a Giselle song? Is that a Gazelle song? No, I don't think so, I think that's something else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't know this one. <laughs>
0: where, where Dreams Don't Come True, There's Nothing I Can Do. Oh wait, no, no, sorry.
1: Sorry. (laughs) How about you, Cam?
4: Um, I feel like I would want to grow up in Zootopia because I like how it's divided into different regions. So it's kinda like California, you know? Like if I want to go and experience a different season, I can just go to somewhere else. And I thought it was kinda cool how you can have like just be so close to snow and then like go one region over and then all of a sudden you're not. Yay. (laughs) It's a vacation. (laughs)
2: Uh I think for me I'm definitely a city kid. I mean, I grew up in the city and then with the school in the city, so I would have had to have grown up in Zootopia and uh, just, I think I would have thrived. I would have definitely thrived in Zootopia for sure.
1: Definitely. Thank you for those answers. Uh, I'm looking at this question and sometimes I feel like, I, I think of that, um, That stereotype people have, where it's like if you didn't grow up in the city, you have you're super prejudiced or like you're super um, sheltered or don't know what's going on. But you see in the movie as Utopia that there's that equal exposure to discrimination, whether you're in the country or the city, uh, which is a really interesting take on on everything and kind of um, shuts down those those stereotypes that go on. Um, But I I do like Ian's. I think I'd go for Ian's answer. It's like born in the city. Live in the countryside to see what it's about. Learn what learn what like the suburb life has to teach me morally, and then go back to Zootopia. Right, that'd be kind of a cool route. Next, would you rather? So in Zootopia, the big the the two major groups that that the animals are separated by are predator and prey. Right, like that's like the, the climax of the movie has to do with that tension. So if you were in this universe of Zootopia, would you rather be a predator or prey?
0: At one point of the movie are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I, well, spoilers. uh, I think (laughs) I would, um, I don't know. I I prefer to be a bear. I'd be, I'd be predator. I mean, bears have a a wide variety of things to eat. They eat. They're omnivorous on some level. So, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind being predator. Just, uh. I'm sorry, I just love bears so much. You just can't you can't stop (laughs) this. It just I have a have a Winnie the Pooh onesie. That's right. I'm admitting it online.
4: So you wear red crop tops every
1: Wednesday?
0: Nope. (laughs) Nope. 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 It's a whole onesie. It's not Uh, (laughs) not. Okay. Okay. I mean that takes you can't
1: handle that midriff to new meaning.
0: You uh, (laughs) you can't handle my midriff. Uh, maybe uh, we might need to delete. Who knows?
1: It's <laughs> up <need> to <laughs> <laughs> just, just just you. Bring it up in audio then, review. Do you feel uh,
2: uncomfortable? You can take
0: it out. I felt uncomfortable after Wickham's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta follow Ian. I'd be a predator. I'd be a, definitely a predator in Utopia. Just so much. I feel like they have it so much easier. They can. They literally can be anything they want to be. Cops, whatever they want, they're they're like they're not looked down upon until you know one point in the movie. But predators just have it a lot easier.
1: Interesting. So you would like to be born into the group that has more privilege in this universe?
2: Yep, one hundred percent.
1: How about let's hear from Cam? Uh, I feel like
4: I'd want to be a predator. Only because predators tend to be like the larger animals. And on the inside, I'm really tall. And I feel like <laughs> that's on what the happened. <laughs> You're what tall else?
0: on the inside. What? I was <laughs> like,
4: tall. who's tall? Who's tall? I'm tall on the inside.
1: I, I don't think it works like that.
4: Kim. <laughs> my outside is like the mouse. But my like inside is like an elephant or like a giraffe. Yep. <laughs>
1: okay okay
3: see everybody had all these like very like <laughs> deep reasons for wanting to be a predator i want to be a predator but like it's really just because like i i really love to like eat meat but like the the predators in this movie right they don't eat meat presumably right they, they say at the beginning like they had they have like uh got against their their old uh, primitive kind of uh biology and like but like I never see like any like fish in the movie, right? So maybe the predators eat like fish and see. I don't know. That's <laughs> well, a real, that is real. a good point. Maybe they're maybe they're pescatarians. I think I can live with that. Fish,
0: I, if I was like a self, shellfish, yeah,
3: yeah. If that's I was a, a really prey, good I'd probably be a vegetarian, vegan. Something I'm pretty like sure that. there's
1: fish though, right? In Zootopia, like it's all animals. There's no. There's no water. Like there's no. I don't wa- think we see
3: animals. aquatic animals. Well, though. no, because like,
1: if.
4: Because if there's like the frozen area, right, like that whole tundra, like you could, like you could have animals that live like underneath. No, I don't
0: know. I think we need. I to, wonder like, if there is an the utopia. Was there? uh Was it mostly mammals? It or was. was there, it I was maybe, all think,
2: like, all, the, mammals. Right? all mammals, right? All mammals, right? Did you see I'm reptiles sure or mammals. anything? There are no reptiles in Zootopia. No reptiles. So, yeah, so it's no. a mammals kind of thing. So maybe okay,
4: maybe, maybe. are. I looked it up. It says. There's a question here that says, "Why is Zopia exclusively for mammals?" Mammals. Animals. Manimals? Manimals.
0: Manimals. <laughs> the animals.
3: Not sponsored.
4: Hey, they're on sale. They're five dollars off at Costco. Sponsor <laughs> us,
1: animals. Sponsor us.
3: So yeah, it's a it's a, mam- a mammalian society, right? So like, like presumably they they could be eating other species of animals. So
4: oh, it's because they're not in the movie because. Fish and insects are not in the movie because they have not evolved to be self um, to be self-reliant.
1: Interesting. Hold on. Interesting. That's interesting. That's interesting.
0: Good. So we can have sushi. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> sushi. I'm <laughs> I not, I'm pro- not into I, that. I, I I'm not I'm not <laughs> <Predator? I> just need to process that. predator Next
1: episode, next episode. Um that was a lot to take in. We're just learning way too much and I can't handle it. Um
0: Kung Fu Panda would beg to differ, but let's not talk
3: (laughs) (laughs) different anthropomorphic animals.
1: Okay. Um I don't have a third, would you rather? I normally do, but I forgot to make one up. (laughs) Um so I will I will actually ask this because um now that we're kind of on that road. So we've decided what animals we'd want to be. So what? What like occupation would you have in Zootopia?
0: So like my my pipe dream right now is politics, politics or law. And what about in the movie? No politics <laughs> or kidding. law.
4: <laughs> so Ian would be the I,
0: mayor.
2: No, I, you would be you the would mayor. Be the mayor. Yep, he would be the mayor. <laughs> I, I did hide?
0: the I did the wrong thing for the right reasons. Wait a minute. <laughs> he turned out okay in the end. You know, yeah. turned out alright. Yeah.
4: Wait, so if you he if you turn out to be the mayor, does that mean I end up being Bellwether? Because you know, that's
2: Okay. That's all right. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that.
1: Thinking too deep. Thinking too deep. <laughs> How about you, Kyle?
2: I'm sticking with the polar bear tri- uh hype train. I'm going full gangster. I'm I'm being a part of the mafia. Doing whatever they need to be done icing people <laughs> i kind of I now
1: want to be that arctic shrew mob boss look at that <laughs> sounds like a good time
2: <laughs> straight up icing people and right in the i swear
3: whenever his daughter speaks i just think of like janice from friends like oh, gosh. oh my <laughs> like, think i, I think it's Snooky
2: from like oh, yeah. Snooki.
1: <laughs> i mean she has the hair so that's true I'm like, is the Arctic Jersey? Because it just kind of sounds like. <laughs> it. How about you, Matt?
3: Okay, I'm just establishing on top of my head cannon. I guess I'm a, I want to be a sushi chef. Apparently, because <laughs> I'm I am establishing right now. Creators, like, get out your uh show bible and start changing it because there is sushi in Zootopia and there are sushi chefs. So that's what I'm doing now. I
1: just. I can't get, like, I wonder, what if there's people fighting for, like, animal rights for, for fish, like?
0: Well, I, I haven't seen any of Kyle's like, don't go there, don't go there. <laughs> I want uni. <laughs> I want salmon.
1: I'm sure there's predators who are just like, I just really want some bacon, and your neighbor is a pig. Um, there's nothing that
4: proves that they did not eat their neighbors.
0: <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs>
4: like, don't make me
1: fry you. Like, you this know, could, this could be a whole pro-life conversation. Anyways, uh, since we've already decided what animals we want to be in Zootopia, and this is a uh, generally Catholic Christian show, if Jesus became incarnate in Zootopia, what animal would he take on?
0: Easy. A lamb-lion. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, are we going yeah. back to Avatar? like <laughs> hybrid animals? Uh, yeah. Is Yeah,
3: <laughs> uh
1: head of a lion?
0: Or Full Man Alchemist Brotherhood.
3: It's, it's it's a chimera.
1: Are you making a chimera?
0: Zootopia?
1: What does that even...
0: Do? Okay. Either, well, because I think Lion of Judah or the Lamb of God. Lamb of like, that's strange. what I was
1: thinking. So. Lion of uh, Chronicles of Narnia.
0: Or the Lamb who was slain. Yeah. Or the Lamb who was slain. I, I can't add
3: anything to that. I feel like that's just it.
1: Why do you have to come out with the exact answer? There, oh, the- <laughs> thank you for the picture, Cam. Thank you for the visual. <laughs>
4: it's so terrifying
3: Cam, you better screenshot that so we could uh, our listeners can like go find it on the website we
4: lost ian we lost him we lost him i just
3: see his beard it's so cute but
4: terrifying like i want to like pet it but i don't want to like shave it you
1: know oh my gosh like I, maybe only the lamb part i don't know if i could shave like i can't touch the hair like that's so close to the lion face. That question's always an easy one. Um, let's see. Okay, this one's cuter. Oh, that one looks like Zootopia. That's exactly it. The cartoon one. We're posting that in the show notes. If you want to see the pictures that we were looking at, we will post it.
0: Our fact checker is site. shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what facts?
4: <laughs> I'm just more surprised that I found this on um, Google. I just put lion and lamb hybrid. <laughs>
3: Well, apparently not we're not the lamb. only ones who have thought of it before.
1: Oh, look, Fly lamb. Dang, lamb But like, it's a guinea pig. <laughs> oh. uh, nope, nope. That's that's some shameful crossbreeding.
0: <laughs> and let's How remind you ourselves they they can't see any of this. Nope. until later. So, no. Nope. <laughs> <Yeah. It's> like <laughs>
1: guinea pigs and lions. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. All right, so. We've gone through a lot of the the fun questions. I think we're we're gonna we're d- gonna dive into what the people really came here for. Uh, we're gonna look into Zootopia into the morality, social justice aspect of it all. Um, it's interesting because there's a lot of mixed reviews when it comes to Zootopia. There's people who are like, "Yes, this is an important. Watch for kids so they can start to understand um, racism, pre- prejudice, discrimination." All that stuff, and then there's people who are totally against watching Zootopia for that reason. Um, thinks that it's completely inefficient. Um, thinks that it um, shouldn't be used in talking about racism uh, with children. And in previous conversations outside of this podcast, um, we've talked about how um, you know it could be both. I mean, it depends how you use it. it depends on on who's doing the educating. Uh, so. Let's just start off by talking about how does Zootopia effectively address the concepts of racism and prejudice uh, for us living in the U.S. today, especially with, with everything going on right now uh, with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, really, like, not that it's just started because it's been around, um, but there is this this new uprising that's happening, this fresh uprising, um, and it, it feels like a lot of change will, will come up of this there's been a lot of protests there's been riots um there's been a lot of movements to change laws to defund police so in the u.s today um how does utopia effectively address certain concepts of racism and prejudice
4: i think one of the things that utopia does do well when it comes to addressing um just like that prejudice is the idea that when you go into judy hopps and you look into like why she started having those like fear of predators that came from like her parents and like seeing how that's like a generational thing how what she was taught and then her own experiences and then on the flip side it also shows when they go into um nick wilde and him wanting to join like the scouts it also delves into like why he has his feelings towards prey because he's seen that like when he's outnumbered that he'll never belong and I think that's one of the like, the good things it does address is the fact that like a lot of feelings people have um, towards other races does come out of experience.
2: I think it also does a good job about simply just teaching uh, the differences in each other and just in people in general. Like not everybody needs the same thing. There are different things everyone needs that help them live a easier and a better life. So I think in Zootopia, they show what it could be like if equity was actually a thing, right? Um, And if people really got, you know, required height requirements for being super tall or, like, the mice having their own little space that they could commune to, like, it does that of showing um, what true equity could be or, like, a in a sense of, like, an ideology of equity. Um, So I think for for one thing it does do that well
1: i agree i definitely agree i appreciate that you get to go into this universe and look through these different neighborhoods even though they don't explicitly talk about it but you think about those little things that are really cool like the elephant popsicles that are like big enough for elephants Mm -hmm. um or in like the financial district kind of looking part of the city where they have the 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 what do you call those things the the, like Pipelines for the hamsters <laughs> that look like the one in cages so they can more like the tubes. efficiently travel, yeah, the little tubes uh, things like that. those little things show how much of a utopia is utopia
3: um I agree with uh, what cam and uh Cole have been saying with the film, but also like I think it's worth like noting like the film to me at least like it's like uh Ian talked about this like when we had a conversation previously about the film like an Aesop's fable for like the modern day for, and one of the issues, at least for me personally, that I've had with this film is like, when we look at the the sort of allegory that the film is trying to portray, when it's trying to show sort of like the racial clashes in like the United States like today, when we look at the sort of like analogy that it's trying to show between like predators and prey and like uh, people with uh, privilege and people without... If we look at it from a literal perspective, I feel like we can see how, like, limited that the analogy has. It functions upon the basis that, like, oh, like, uh, different animals experience uh, different forms of prejudice because of, like, whatever sort of, like, species they are. Like, rabbits are viewed as being too weak and frail to to join law enforcement like judy hopps experienced that as the main character uh nick wilde is uh discriminated against because he's a predatory fox but also because you know fox are seen as like you know like untrustworthy and kind of like that they would steal like the same thing for like that uh, weasel character who like steals from but like when we look at it from that perspective i feel like the analogy falls short because it's like the lines that we're drawing between these different like species, which are supposed to represent uh, racial groups, is that these differences are based on biology, like things that these animals are actually known for having. And when you compare that to like racism, that's kind of like what racism is actually built upon is the idea that you can draw lines between these biological differences. Like it's, Like, okay, like in Zootopia, like they talk about how, like, the predatory animals are like, oh, like they are viewed as dangerous, but it's because in the past they were dangerous because they had claws and they have fangs and stuff like that. But like they're seen as like intimidating. But like in real life, like we can't say that certain racial groups are more dangerous than others. Because racism is not based on a biological characteristic. It's based on things that are not justifiable and not reasonable. So I feel like, I don't know, like when you look at it from a literal perspective, if you think that, then you could kind of see that, I don't know, these are the types of things that racism is built on. It's like trying to justify like, oh, because these... People are different from me, then they're perceived as being like not the same as I am, more dangerous or more like untrustworthy. You know,
1: mm-hmm. I definitely see that because, like utopia, it's just a big metaphor, right? And every metaphor has has different flaws to it, right? Um, and that that that's one of the flaws is that um, people see and critique utopia and saying, "Well, this teaches kids that there is a biological difference between people, and that justifies some of the racism that happens." And so that is a flaw that we could we could see within the metaphor, because that's not true. Like um, people that are feared, there's no reason to fear them. Like the, the people that that parents tell their kids to fear based off the color of their skin, there's no reason to fear them because they're just like us. And so like there's no us in them. It's like a we. And so that brings us to our next question, which is. uh where does the metaphor of Zootopia fail to adequately address the complexity of racism and prejudice? So Matt already dived into one big aspect, which is the idea of predator and prey and the biological aspect. Um, does anyone else want to dive into different flaws within the metaphor of Zootopia? Uh,
2: yeah. Um, I think for one thing, it's honestly not clear, uh, Within the within the whole movie, like who who actually is the predator? Who is the prey? Like who who is truly oppressing who? Because one sense of the, the movie, you have Hop- Judy Hopps wanting to become a cop. She's passed the police academy. She uh, is the top of her class, but then she gets put on parking duty because her chief is like, "Dude, you're a, you're a rabbit. I can't actually give you a case to work on." because I don't believe you can solve this like so there's a there's that but then you also have the fact that all the predators in Zootopia are outnumbered and that is preyed upon by um the assistant mayor right i think she's like the assistant mayor she that part the secretary yeah bellwether yeah bellwether she she acts on that that idea that you know we have more prey than predators and if there is just this simple idea that all these predators are going uh savage, like they said, if there's just this idea that they're going savage, then we can turn everybody against them and we can effectively like switch Zootopia up to become a place where prey actually run everything. Um so I think on that sense of of the movie, it's not clear like who who truly is oppressing who.
1: Do you think do you feel like maybe and this could be something that other people can chime into Do you feel like maybe that ambiguity is helpful in terms of a conversation about like intersectionality um, or a conversation more so about how it's not just certain groups, one group pinned against another, but but a systemic flaw? Right. Do you feel like maybe that's a helpful intro or do you think that kind of um, dilutes the idea of intersectionality? Like, what are your feelings on that?
2: I think in the in the like most basic sense of intersectionality, yeah, you could use that because uh, intersectionality just deal, it really deals with like the encompassing of how everyone is connected in some way and being a part of the system and being oppressed. I think like as a starting point in the most basic sense of of the word and what it actually means, yeah, you could probably use the movie to explain that a little bit, but intersectionality goes so much deeper into um, like, um, say, for, for instance, the the women's movement and how the women's movement in itself was a form of oppression, yes, against women, but it was done in a way that white women were seen as the driving force behind it. And Black women and women of color still were not given any uh, type of, like, rights or they they weren't fighting for anything because... It was only seen as something that was dedicated to white women, so you could use the movie to sort of uh, talk about an intro intersectionality. But as far as like really giving a deep dive into it, I I don't think you should use it.
4: Um, I think another thing that Zootopia does poorly is that it reinforces stereotypes because like everyone is living in the Zootopia, right? So it's an animal utopia where everything. Everything functions well, but it also reinforces these stereotypes like the sloths are slow, predators have been aggressive, and that's really dangerous to kind of portray because, yes, even though they're animals, and yes, sloths are slow in real life, and predators like they attack, but it's a survival. It really reinforces that it's that that violence is biological, and I think that's a really really dangerous way to pave just because if we view in the sense that the predators are um, minorities, it's like saying, oh, okay, well, if let's say a person of color were to do something, someone wouldn't always necessarily like bad an eye to it. They'd be like, oh yeah, I can see that happening because it's such a general, it's such a generalization. Uh, when Bellwether tries to take down the mayor, it really, kind of does hit on the head that she didn't go directly to taking down the mayor. She really went down to like, okay, let's try to get his kind to be savage because once you do that, everyone else will believe it. Like the mayor going savage would just be kind of like the icing on the cake. But once they take away that foundation that, oh, his type is safe, his type can do something, then all of a sudden, he can't be the mayor. But then it also really pushes the fact that the cops are have such a big role in it. And I feel like, especially in this day and age, with seeing how much funding goes into police departments, the fact that they really bring into the idea that Judy Hopps has like a quota where she has to put like a hundred or two hundred uh, tickets, it really shows like what they're job is where it's like their job isn't to make sure that utopia runs well it's really oh their job is to make sure they meet quotas or she's given a safe job because that's all she can handle if the whole theme of the movie was that oh judy Hops could be whatever she wants to be then she wouldn't be given such a soft job such an easy job because it wasn't about her being able to protect because as long as the predators were on top Everything runs well, and I feel like it really mixes up what the status quo is and why things are the way it is.
0: I mean, I mean, I I don't have I don't have much to add myself. Just that Zootopia being a play off the word utopia, which etymologically first used by Thomas More in in his work of the same name, you. You, if I sound like Chris. Chris Walken. You, you or, or Soldier Boy. <laughs> um, Chris Walken and Soldier Boy. You uh, in Greek means no, and topos is place. So the idea of in no place, like a utopia, doesn't exist. Like the idea of like so so an interesting kind of look is that like this best place that we all talk about, this perfect place, on some level doesn't exist. Um... And actually kind of is revealed in the whole plot of the movie. Um, kind of going back to that idea of the Aesop's fable. Again, I think as a teaching tool, a good place to start. But then if you're clear, once your children develop more, we can address these failings. Um, that, again, they don't, the biological differences don't map onto uh, differences between humans. Um, they're going off of things that are established scientific uh facts or observations, um, whereas, yes, we have social sciences that do, like, okay, given some statistic level of confidence, we can say certain descriptions about general behaviors of whole swaths of people, right, but that is not as hard as, like, it's not like a hard line with humans, like, you you can't apply, I mean, I remember reading once, from an author that one way of looking at racism is it's the application of the law of large numbers from math where like the, the brain, the mind is a, is a pattern building machine, but it's not very good at it. It just, it sees a few examples of something and then it just, Oh, that's it. That's what's going to happen. Right. Um, and so it's easy to kind of trick the brain to thinking, well, I've seen this maybe three times from this kind of person. Therefore, Oh, that person's probably likely to do this or that. but again, the the mind is often it's not the best manner of being able to like make sense of the world sometimes. and so we have to train our senses, train our intuitions. Um, it's not like you can change these things on command, but we we have all these biases that just naturally come from the thinking process, but you you take time to meditate to um, think through the alternatives to pray to get to know people, not as political constructs or abstract things, but as people. You know, um, and I think that as a springboard to launch from, I think Zootopia is good. But of course, we will always be better. We will always keep improving.
1: Yeah, uh, you you brought up a good point, and it makes me think about. I mean, the the part that I really like about Zootopia is when they start going into Nick's background story and why he acts the way he does and looking at how those biases, how those stereotypes we create in our head, how that affects the actions of another person. Like if you have a bias and you make it very clear to another person, then they're gonna kind of start acting that way because they think that you don't see them worth being anything more than that, right? that's, That's something that happened with nick uh he originally wasn't wasn't like a bad fox like he was a good little fox he was a cute little fox <laughs> and, <we're> like, <laughs> Why was bullied? and then he was bullied because of these biases that those because in that wilderness group or like that boy scouts it was all prey except for him and they had these biases, presumably given to them by their parents telling them about it, even though they live in Zootopia. Their parents giving them these biases, which then turned into this hate towards Nick, which turned into a change in Nick's behavior. Like, imagine if he didn't get beat up. What would he have been? If he didn't realize that people thought this way about him, or if people did not show that hate towards him, like that hate that was given to him. Like what would that have made him if if society if the system that he's born into told him that he can be more than what um, story has has what stories and biases and stereotypes have have put him out to be Um, and the same kind of also goes for the bunnies too like they they on on Hop's side even though it's not as 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 lethal to her life or like as um as negative but she's told as a bunny she's only good at being farmers. And she had the privilege um, because of where she grew up and how she grew up to get her mindset out of that, right? She had the privilege to be in a safe space where she could get her mindset out of just being a farmer Um, versus maybe Nick who did not have that safe place um, um, to, because society within Zootopia was constantly telling him um, who he should be, right? Um, So looking at how our biases affect another person's actions as well um was something interesting that I I I would have liked to see more in the movie. Obviously it's a kids movie, we can't expect so much. Um but seeing more into like what that can do to a person.
4: Yeah, it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? Like if you believe if everyone believes that you're a bad person, it isn't uncommon for you to just decide that you're going to start acting like that bad person. Be that person that they expect you to be, you know? And I think another thing that I know it's a children's movie, or supposedly a children's movie. Like that, Zootopia doesn't really do well. Is that it doesn't really address like systematic racism? Like even though it's a big concept, like they could have um, they could have discussed um, those prejudices and those biases in a different way. Because the theme of the movie, when it gets to the end (spoiler alert) is that um, Belleweather is really behind the reason why um, the predators are going savage. And the end of the movie is basically that she gets taken out, that she basically gets taken out, right? And that really fails to address that whole systematic racism because it basically says, okay, nothing is wrong with the system, but it's just a bad person. And I feel like that even further, um, that further pushes along racism because it's like saying, okay, well, it's just one bad person. It's just one bad person. And like, while the same thing can be said, like for, um, like for cops nowadays, right? Where it's like, oh, it's just one bad cop, right? Well, on the flip side, it's also where people where it's so celebrated where it's like, oh, well, this person of color did something great. It's like, well, no, they didn't do something great be- just because they're a person of color. It's just because they did something great. And when we kind of limit it down to, oh, it's just going to be like one bad person, like once that one bad person's taken out, everything's going to be solved. You know, I feel like that's a really fictitious, fictitious thing to believe, because it's like saying, oh, if there's one cop in a police department who gets arrested, all of a sudden, now what the rest of the department's going to be fully functioning and well no it takes retraining it takes there's a lot of things i've kind of built into that that creates change it's not just oh one
1: simple easy thing definitely because at the end of the movie it's like if you're a kid you're totally satisfied you're like you're like ah, hops is taken seriously oh the fox becomes a police officer but it doesn't address the system of like the police force of law enforcement, like is, does anything change just because they hired a Fox? Does that mean that they do anything differently? Um, those there's still those biases there. And we, we can, we can even see that today. Like, um, like just because you hire a certain amount of people of a certain, um, uh, of certain race or ethnicity doesn't mean you're less racist, right? doesn't mean you're, you are more really more inclusive like there's a difference between like diversity and like actual like r- real equality and equity right
0: but I also wouldn't I w- also wouldn't discount what the seeds of hiring more people of whatever you know color you would need or or persuasion you would need it would plant seeds for something later hopefully if if that's you know what I'm saying like it, it it's it, it it won't be something necessarily tackled right away but um you you can you can attack in both ways in a sense. You can hit in a long term sense by planting seeds, but also dealing with current symptoms that we have now.
1: very true. Like that exposure to to different to different people and to their stories can can do a lot as well.
3: I feel like in response to what Ke was talking about, I wish that the film had like a greater call to action of what is we ask of the audience like watching it just mm. because, like, yeah like we, we were talking about is like the idea that what is established, like everyone's biases, the stereotypes towards animals, like the, the world is largely the same before and after bellwether is taken out. Because honestly, like it should be more about not just her, but like all of that. And like what we should do as people, what they should do as animals, like in who they elect, in who, who they, how they interact with each other. And I feel like, I think that's where the film kind of misses its mark in its epilogue is like, so what happens now? And like, Mm -hmm. what will cause for change in the future? Because what we ask of ourselves and what our responsibility is to each other is what's important, not just taking out one bad sheep.
1: (laughs) One bad sheep, one black sheep. Uh, um, That kind of dives into the big point of, common good, solidarity, when it comes to Catholic social teaching, uh, looking at how at the end of it, it should be this call to action to care for one another. It's not just bad guys versus good guys, which when we look at different narratives can be really problematic because that teaches kids like there's always a bad guy. So there's like always going to be an enemy and it doesn't reinforce an idea of common good or an idea of solidarity um, with other people. Um, In our previous conversations about Zootopia, we did talk about the tension between individualism and collectivism. Um, that that difference in, in cultures that people have, like we could say maybe like Western culture, American culture is very individualistic. Whereas like some Eastern cultures are more so collectivist. Like um, uh, most of us in here are Filipino <laughs> and we know that everyone's always about family, right? And it's like, you don't say no ever. And that comes with a whole bunch of problems about about um, boundaries, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the root of it, there is this idea of collectivism in like Eastern culture um, that isn't so much in Western culture um, there because like the American dream can tend to be very individualistic, right? Versus um, thinking about common good and solidarity. Um, growing up in in the Bay Area, like things like thinking about like solidarity is is something that that we grow up hearing. But in other parts of America um that aren't like big cities, the idea of solidarity sounds limiting or sounds toxic in a sense, right. Um, so, if anyone would like to talk more about that tension between individualism and collectivism, the idea of the American dream in terms of utopia?
2: yeah. um, I think i think it it definitely hits on that um in the sense of it's uh, in America it's such a individualistic uh like idea right so even even in uh the the sense of like uh, black um historical figures like Booker T Washington pull yourself up by your bootstraps that idea in itself is so much of a American dream concept that doesn't really allow for 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 the idea that no matter how hard someone can try to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and, you know, try to go to uh, a, a really good school or do this and that, sometimes the system just does not allow you to progress forward. It won't allow you to progress forward because there are things set in place like redlining, like you not being able to get a loan, or certain things like predatory loans that just don't allow you to continue to progress forward. And you are always going to be stuck in the sense of, I have to stay where I am because I can't move past um, the idea that I can't go to, I can't get to the American Dream. Um, and you always have the uh, the stories of LeBron James and um, Deshaun Watson, people like that that have come from nothing but have been able to make so much out of their, their situations because of the skills that they've been granted. Um, when in fact, those stories are really just one offs and you can't look to, to these athletes, these star athletes or, or actors or famous people as like a sense of, Hey, if they can do it, you can do it. Not necessarily. It takes a, a certain amount of skill, a certain amount of luck to even get to, to the starting point where these people are. So just that in that sense, you can't look at what Judy Hopps did and be like, yeah, if she was able to do it, then how come so-and-so can't do it? Well, it doesn't always work like that. It doesn't always afford that opportunity um, to become a, uh, an outstanding cop, to do certain things, to, to solve a big case. That's not always going to be the, the situation presented.
1: Yeah. And a lot of those like star athletes, too, like we forget that they had some kind of community that helped them, even though we say like they did it on their own. Like they just worked really hard. They're like the model, like minority or whatever. They had someone who believed in them and they had a team and they had they had a a community. Right. We look at Zootopia where like um, Judy Hopps, even though her parents hoped that she would hope she would be a a, a ticket made. Um, they still supported her. Um, and then you look at like Nick Wilde's character or others where they didn't have, they didn't have a team. They didn't have people who believed in them. And that made a big difference into where they are.
0: Uh, I remember attending, uh, I went to another Congress talk led by, um, he, he's now the retired president of the Dominican school of philosophy and theology. And he just started, His first line, he just goes comes in, uh, Father. um, Oh man, I can't remember his name. Uh, I mean, this is going to annoy me. But um, he was also a keynote speaker for in Sacramento for us. But um, what he said, he said this one line, and I my mind went blank. It was like the individual is a social construct, and then like for the next minute, I was like, what? (laughs) I just I just completely. And it makes sense, he says. Think of it: is there such a thing as an individual, a person completely, totally dependent on themselves alone? By the very fact that you exist, you depended on someone else. And the and the idea of like you have the you know um, yes the, as as Kyle was talking about the you know LeBron James or the Andrew Carnegies or those people, but they had people who helped them. They never had their success alone. Uh, to think that it was surely only from themselves is is actually, you know, we're bordering on from a classical Christian point of view, that's pride. That's where I am the only, I am the end-all be-all of who I am. That has never been the case. And I think with, it, it, with pure individualism and all of its baggage, right, that's not good for us. And I also think pure collectivism and all that baggage is not good for us either because the pure collectivism would mean that my voice, my individual voice, ah, see, and now I'm, you know, because we lack kind of, my personal voice, there we go, we are persons, we are in relation, right? Um, And that relation doesn't wholly erase who I am, but it also must have some kind of common good in mind. And uh, I remember talking about this before, earlier today with you, Kyle, about the idea of just kind of going down what you were saying earlier about how yeah, Booker T. Washington had this particular way. I was like, that sounds a lot like Americanism in general. Um, Americanism leans that way, um, and Meg earlier says about Eastern cultures leaning the other way. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm Aristotelian. I think that if you have two extremes, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, so I'll shut up now.
4: <laughs> Finally, just kidding.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Cam. I, I appreciate it. I always love talking with, with your presence. Yes.
1: I think we talked a lot about what we like, what we don't like in terms of the metaphor of Zootopia. So now I'll have a little bit of a imagination exercise. If we were to rewrite Zootopia, bring it back, turn it into a musical, I don't know what you want to do, but uh, if we were to rewrite Zootopia, us five and a half in here, Fact checker is a half. Oh, I was like, am I the
0: half? No, we're talking about the dignity of the human person. He's a whole person. How dare you, social justice teacher over here, five and a half.
1: I'm just kidding. Fact checker, you can be a whole person. Not because I told you, but because you are. Um, (laughs) So if us us six in this uh, uh, podcast, if we were to rewrite Zootopia, what would we do differently? What would we keep? What would we emphasize? What would we just do completely? What would we take out? I would say at the end of the movie, um, after um, Nick
4: Wilde becomes a cop, to really emphasize it, like, oh, there's also other prey who also end up joining. Because I feel like when I first started watching the movie, when I looked at all of the... uh, predators who were on the police force it really made me think like okay did they even like earn their spot because of merit or did they just earn it because they're a predator and I feel like if they want to really make an impact on the fact that like oh it's idea that like you know you can be bunny <laughs> can do it you know you can be whatever you want to be I have to throw in the fun <laughs> but like if you're going to throw in the idea that, like, oh, you can be anything you want to be, then you also have to, like, demonstrate that. Like, the fact that the system is changing to allow that to happen. Because if Judy Hobbs really became um, a cop based on, like, her opportunities and, like, her own, like, drive, if all that happened and we just kind of leave it at that, right? And then we say, like, oh, Nick Wilde joined the police force but that was like an opportunity he had because of Judy. And we just kind of leave it at that. Then we kind of forget the idea that, oh, okay, well, if the system doesn't change, maybe they just happen to let Nick Wilde into the police academy. Maybe they just happen to let this slide, but maybe the next bunny that wants to join, you know, can't. And if we don't show that there's even a potential for change, it's not going to be reinforced, especially when it's translated into the real world.
1: Yeah, that's a definitely a good point because you look at it and it's like Nick had to prove that he was a good person in order to get that role, or or Hops had to prove that she could handle a big case um, before they made her an officer that would that further handled bigger cases after, right? And so that kind of looks at oh, are we only looking at? those people who specifically show excellence to, 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 to consider them to be worthy of such a role. Like, are, are we only, are we looking at the, at like hops and Nick wild as those people that are um, that are like extraordinary compared to the rest of them. I do like your point. Cause like if they, at the end showed that other bunnies became cops, that would, that would definitely be a stronger, um, stronger kind of conclusion or stronger um message i guess than just hops becoming further in her career and like nick becoming an officer like if they if they showed that others within their group um could follow the same path and then that might be a stronger case
2: i think uh a part that i would have focused on or just even a concept i would have focused on if i was rewriting the movie uh would just have been like the words you say to people or the words you like say out loud what those actually could do to somebody and how those can affect like an entire group of people. So there's one scene in a movie where, uh, they, Judy and, um, Nick Wilde have found all 14 of the missing persons. And then she goes up to do a press conference and she, she says the words like the, predators there's like a biological thing that these predators have gone savage and they may be reverting back to their ways and if the movie were to like just kind of stop and focus just purely on how that type of uh, speech could have a, such a big chain reaction i think it could make the movie 10 times better because mm-hmm. even in like the
0: them now Mm. but i Mm.
2: am them i am a predator technically i technically am a predator and are you afraid that i'm going to attack you and she and as he's like lunging toward her she goes straight for her uh fox mace Mm. and that's that scene in itself is so like perfect and powerful because it's like that's how people of color are seen in this country in itself as predators already and you don't seem threatening at all or else your life could be on the line just like Nick Wilde and Judy Hopps. So I think if I were rewriting a movie, I would focus on that part as showing to like kids, like this is what words can do. And when you use words in a hurtful way, you then set off a chain reaction of different events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those words can come back to like start an entirely divisive relationship between um, people that were so... Together at one point.
1: Mm, definitely
0: a good
3: point. I agree with Kyle. So I'm gonna go on in a more extreme level of this movie. I feel like if Disney wants to make a movie about race, why not just write a movie about race? And finding <laughs> the metaphor to cause we we have so many Disney movies with like people already. Like I, I get that they wanted to make like a buddy cop movie, but they also wanted to talk about race and they had these like but like I felt like by making it a metaphor. It's always going to be in some part incomplete or mm. not, and it won't completely suffice. I feel like there's value. In, I'm not saying, like, thrill with this movie entirely because I do think that we've touched upon there are great things about this movie. But I feel like why not just take the next step and just, like, write an actual movie about, it? like, you know? That's yeah. just my hot take. Yeah.
1: We're ready for a Disney. Enough of this putting juice in the rubatutin. Like we just we want just to give it. Just make it make it happen. We'll just call the movie 2020. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is traumatizing. This is traumatizing. <laughs> don't,
4: don't worry. We'll say it's we'll say it's PG-13. There we go.
1: But they have to do it like Pixar. <laughs> they can't just be straight. It has to be like Pixar cartoony if they're going to Talk about yeah, something so serious. I'm not saying not
3: Mickey Cartoony, I mean but like <laughs> use people. <laughs> use real really. people.
1: Like the the Filipino one where he floats and that's supposed to talk about um sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> you only get that if you read Tumblr or Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow.
0: Our Tumblr? Wow. Tumblr? All right. Look at look okay. All right. Is
1: my millennial showing? <laughs>
0: Can, can I find that on That's TikTok?
3: Like a...
1: <laughs> I always ask my students. I'm like, "Do any of you still use Tumblr?" And the ones that raise their hands are like the artists or like the the kids that that I that I, that laugh at my jokes. So <laughs> I'm like, "You have an older sibling, don't you?"
0: <laughs> I I mean, I wouldn't know. For me, <clears throat> um, I'm not. Uh, I was never good with writing, like you know, plays and stuff that kind of thing. I'm more of a, you know, I, I, I act on the side. And so it's just in terms of, you know, who brings it to life? Like, I would think about what who would I have direct uh, this new Zootopia? I mean, Spike Lee's still around? <laughs> can, you, can you imagine a Spike <laughs> Lee version of Zootopia? He, ju- he just <laughs> dropped a new uh, mm-hmm. Vietnam War movie. I mean, yeah. might as well. So... um and I don't know why, I just want, me I me mean, can we have Hans Zimmer do the music? It would be really weird. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It would turn into, like, straight up, like, oh, this is like a cop movie slash <laughs> dealing with racism movies slash, like, it would be a much grittier Disney movie than you could possibly imagine. <laughs>
1: like, like, can there be a, a gritty Disney track? Like, you know, like, there's Teen Nick and, like, like, uh. Adult Central or whatever on on Cartoon Network. Oh, but there's adult no swim. There's no Disney version. Adult Swim. No,
0: oh no yeah.
2: adult
0: <laughs> nah, they can Club can't. Thirty Club Thirty Three in <laughs> Disneyland.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to
4: have money to be an adult. Apparently, <laughs> it, that's why I think it's weird when I look at Zootopia because I'm just kind of like uh, I was like kind of reading into the movie, and the movie was actually originally written to be flipped. It was supposed to be. Um, Yeah, Nick Wilde as the um, main character. Protagonist. Yeah. And then um, Judy Hopps was supposed to be the secondary character. But then Mm -hmm. in my head I was like, you should have done that. Should have done it. Yeah. But it was the idea of like, because one of the reasons why they didn't start the movie like that was um, if they started off with Nick, Nick would have already seen the world so broken. And I was like, kids can handle that. My thing is that, like, there are kids who watch this movie and, like, you know, they say, like, children of color tend to have a better view on on racism than, like, a white adult because they experience it. They live it. And it's kind of like, I feel like, yes, that they obviously could have handled that with care, but children could have handled that. To understand that, like, sorry, we're going to shatter your comfort. We're going to shatter your white fragility. And we're going to show you, like, this is, what they, this is what they see. And I feel like by kind of starting it off with Judy and being like, okay, she sees the role as all happy and fun and I can do anything. I think it kind of, in a way, almost disregards Nick for a little bit and being like, hey, like. He could have been, like, honestly, he really could have been, like, a good fox. He could have done all these things if he had the right opportunities, if he had the right community. But he did it. And he sees the world broken, but for good reasons. And, like, that's what a lot of people view the world as. They view it in that brokenness. And I guess my, I guess for me, like, by starting started the movie off with, like, all flowery and happy, it kind of feels like a propaganda in that way of like oh this is what it could be it's like no let's just address what is already there what the reality is and then let's build a
1: message around that Mm -hmm. It it distracts from the brokenness of the system that really affected Nick they made it so quick right and I think it's because they wanted it to be a buddy cop movie they wanted to to make law enforcement look like the the ideal if that makes sense
0: but I mean, I can see why you start off. If, you, if again, if you're dealing with just a, from a storyline point of view, it makes sense to set an expectation and then shatter it. Mm. Um, oh
1: yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I but yeah. I, I do see where you're coming from, Cam. But like, I think I think it's if they had spent more time with how the thing is shattered a more methodical way of showing how it was shattered, maybe that that would probably be if I okay going back to rewriting it that's probably how I would rewrite it. Like, yes, you have the the optimism in the beginning, you shatter that, you have the opposite, and then you have a new synthesis at the end, which is very Hegelian, uh, anyway.
1: And I don't understand yeah. why Disney would be afraid of it because Up started out real sad. <laughs> For <laughs> reals, we started in the first couple, couple seconds I, of the movie like I crying.
0: Oh God. <laughs> Tarzan know, right? is it you Up know, actually,
1: I take back my comment about Disney never doing something on racism because in the '90s they did the Color of Friendship, and I rewatched that movie and I was like, "This is needed now." They did. um uh, It talked about racism and talked about apartheid in um, in South America or South, South, Africa, Africa. South Africa. South? Oh
2: wow. <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> South, Africa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> South Africa.
0: There is racism uh, in South America. Yeah, that's also there true is. too.
4: Why does it have to be called South America? But, Why but, but apartheid itself—it's
0: like America,
3: but, but South.
0: <laughs> <laughs> does anyone remember? I know. I know this is really old, but I remember uh, the Fox and the Hound.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yes,
4: sir.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So I was I'm remembering. I, don't, I just also think about that idea of they were friends, and then later on they realize there's yeah, this predetermined role. Mm. Oh God! <laughs> like, like, mm. yeah. And then, and then Disney has some things that you know it's swing and a miss. Like what was that one, Kyle? You t- we were talking about Which song the Splash of the South Mountain one. Oh, yeah, song we'll... of the
2: South. <laughs> oh, and that oh. song, and that song, still plays in Disneyland to this day. <laughs> the most racist song Disney probably ever put out. One of the most racist songs Disney ever put out still plays in Disneyland to this day. To this day. Ridiculous,
1: and it's and it's one of the most popular rides, and oh. that's that's why they won't change it, and that's like capitalism and racism, buddy. Um, that's
4: true. Well
0: buddy, preaching.
4: We know Disney. You hear us?
0: <laughs> and Google and Facebook I mean, are we gonna and get shut down
4: because Disney owns like half the world? <laughs> honestly though it's really creepy if you actually look into like how much disney owns it's like Don't insanely wanna. creepy Don't literally wanna. part of Don't. every industry
2: every all your programming yes uh, pretty much disney
4: yeah that's why like one of my professors um actually for one of my racist classes was telling us he's like he's like you hate disney that sucks like literally oh you have a phone wow Hmm. let's see what other companies are on top oh disney and he was like going on a search engine and was like name something you like and so like people were like shouting things and he's looking it up disney 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 he goes does that make you happy yet are you happy (laughs) i was like (laughs) oh Cracking up and he's like you know everyone expects Because I have young children I would take them to Disneyland No everything is Disneyland I was like Oh Oh, you miss Disneyland you're in Disneyland (laughs) (laughs) We are in Disneyland Gas prices are the cost of my churros Like come on (laughs) y'all Oh my gosh
1: You're right you're right One churro is like Three gallons of gas
2: And I still buy that mug I will still buy
1: it. <laughs> I still buy all of it.
4: Honestly, though, that's my thing. Is I'm always
1: just like you're in Disneyland. and You're like I'm gonna pay fifty bucks for a popcorn in the 50, special yeah, container. Stop,
0: stop it! I feel so seen. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know what? If you think about it, though, like they totally do the salesperson like method of just like, oh, you buy a thousand dollar suit. Great, you wouldn't mind spending an extra $100 on this tie. Except they're like, hey, would you like to spend $10 on a bottle of water? You might get dehydrated and have to leave the park. So do you want to be happy and spend $10 on water or sad and dehydrate and pass out? (laughs)
1: Congratulations or extra happy and get a special water bottle that's $20 more <laughs>
3: on this pin on or, this or
0: when they when they open up the vault and it's like oh Lion King's playing again in theaters just just take my money I'm just going to I will I will watch this again it's Like I
1: have it on VHS and <laughs> DVD and Disney Plus I do but I will watch Plus. it again <laughs> and,
0: and all these live action remakes and I'm like I will watch I don't I'll watch it. Ooh, okay. I, I would love my to do money. a
3: podcast on just the remakes I have things to say about the remakes and
0: each one is terrible <laughs>
2: No, I don't. Know all terrible. I
4: don't
1: know. I refuse
4: they to try.
2: watch
1: to watch most remakes. If it's your first time watching Lion King is through the Beyonce version, then of course you're going to think it's magic. You know
4: what? People thought that th- about the Last Airbender too. But you know what? We
1: don't talk about that.
2: Trash.
1: <laughs>
2: Absolute oh, garbage.
1: We're not going to talk about Dragon Ball Z, hey. but anyways. Hey,
4: it's rich garbage. <laughs> yeah. Rich garbage. Mm. People pay to watch garbage. That's how powerful Disney is. You There's, watch
0: yeah. the yeah, trailers, you, 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 like you like that like... garbage? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Alright, um, so garbage. we're starting to get off topic, so I'm going to just hear us gripe about Disney, even though we still spend hundreds of dollars on Disney. <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Sit down. Grab your churro. <laughs> Grab your $14 churro. Anyways, well, I think that's all we have time for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Truly Universal, where we look at the world of Zootopia. Uh, If you want to hear more about us talking about Zootopia, talking about systemic racism, just let us know in the comments below. We'll we'll gladly bring back Kyle for another episode and Cam. Cam will always be, but... (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. Comment, like, subscribe. I don't know. What do cool people say on on the internet? Is that it? Comment, like, subscribe.
0: You've
2: covered all the bases.
3: Yeah, share with your exactly. friends.
1: Follow
2: I try.
3: Share with your friends. I don't know why we don't say oh, that. Oh, share, share. Share with, with your, your, friends.
1: your friends. Sub for share. Share with your friends. <laughs> Unlike equality, this show is like pie, and you <laughs> you can share. <laughs> share. <laughs>
4: Nope, I don't share my power. Should, should, should I start the outro <laughs> now?
0: <or should> I, <laughs> do I, guys, what do I do?
1: <laughs> Thank you, Kyle <laughs> and Cam, for joining us today. Thanks um, for having we will me. be back. Tell us tell us if you want to hear more about Zootopia. Share us with your friends. you out.
0: Truly Universal is a production of Urban Picks. All things to all. Theme song by Demi Guevara. Audio production by Ethan Coe. Outro song by Chris Kabilas. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpix.com slash trulyuniversal. Please like and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, email us at trulyuniversal at or find us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at urbanpix. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next time.